Welcome to Elevate, the podcast that inspires you to reach new heights. Each episode brings you motivating conversations and transformative insights that empower you to level up. Whether you're seeking guidance or a burst of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's elevate your life. Let's elevate your future. Starting now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm the host for today, Kyle Goodnight. And uh, before we get into our, our guest, uh, who is J. Robert Parker, correct? Right. That's the best way to say it, right there on the screen. Um, I want to talk to you about just making sure that if you if you know of anybody that hears our podcast that needs to hear our messages, uh, go ahead and share that with them. Of course, we would love for you to like and subscribe and do all that good stuff and forward it to your friends and and talk about it on social media, uh, just to get the Elevate podcast out there to uh, to actually start getting some traction and get some people to uh, to come in and understand what the Elevate podcast is all about. Um, so today, like I said, we are going to be talking with J. Robert Parker. Uh, he has a book out called All in Your Head. It's down there at the bottom. Um, he's also a he is a hypnotherapist um, and an ex and an ex uh, emergency medical technician like myself. So we'll probably talk a little bit of shop there. Um, but uh, uh, Robert, want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your world and what everything about hypnotherapy. We've got a lot right. of questions. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything, right? Well, thank you for having right. me on, first of all. As you said, my name is Jay Robert Parker. I am the director of an organization called Twin Raven Solutions, formerly Twin Ravens Hypnotherapy. And as you said, I am a hypnotherapist. Um, as to what that means exactly is uh, slightly more complicated than a simple introduction. But <laughs> I... I had to explain to my kids, I, ha I have eight-year-old twins, what I did. Because, of course, they asked me, Dad, what do you do? Because they learned what a job was. And so I had to figure out how to explain hypnotherapy to an eight-year-old. And what I told them is, I use the part of you that dreams to help make change happen. And that is kind okay. of the most basic description of what I do. That's a so, great description. Never heard of it said that way. Yeah. Well, never had it, heard it explained to an eight-year-old before. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm a big proponent of something called the Feynman learning method, which means that until you can explain something free of jargon to a child, you don't really understand it. That even the most complex topics, once fully understood, once fully comprehended, can simply just be explained to a child. And it's true. So you have different minds, I guess it would be. You have your conscious mind, which is very little of what's going on in your brain. It's only about 10 to 20%. And that's what's here right now. It's what's listening to this mostly. Uh, and all that is, is that's your willpower, your decision making, things like that, active things. And then underneath that, and the, that, that 80 to 90% that's left over is the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind does a lot of things. It regulates heart rate, skin temperature, all of those 
hundreds, if not thousands of things that are going on inside your body that you are completely unaware of. Your subconscious is aware of them because somebody's got to be in control of them. And it's also in control of memory, emotion, and association, which is ultimately what I deal with because everything in life is association or learned behavior. This thing goes with this, etc., etc. It's part of being human. And normally in day-to-day life, there is something between those two minds called the critical filter that prevents most times the subconscious mind from interacting with the conscious mind and vice versa. And what hypnosis does is removes that filter and allows the con or the subconscious mind to be directly spoken to for its associations to be directly altered. And it's one of the things I like to stress first of all, before anything is that hypnosis and hypnotherapy is not at its base metaphysical. There is nothing fringe about it. This is, again, at its base, science. And I say at its base because Mm -hmm. while I'm very secular and very science-based in my practice, you might encounter other hypnotherapists who might not be. We take a more metaphysical approach. And those those people, in my opinion, those are fine because somebody needs that. Somebody needs that person, their viewpoint, the what they're putting out to be able to heal. Because one of the big vital ingredients to hypnotherapy is connection. The subconscious has to view somebody as an authority. And that doesn't mean like authority figure. That just means to the subconscious mind, this person that they're speaking to is somebody with trustworthy information. It is somebody that can be listened <laughs> yeah. to and accept. Somebody they can trust, right? Exactly. Because that's right. the primary ingredient. Allow to myself to introduce myself, right? No. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but if, if, you, if somebody doesn't trust you like, on a conscious or subconscious level, you can't help them. They're not going to accept anything that you say because it's always under scrutiny. Right. Part of, because right. ultimately, right. the thing that I want to really stress to people is that hypnosis is ultimately just advanced communication. And think about when you're okay. communicating with somebody that you like, that you feel that connection with. The communication goes easier. You, you are impacted what, by what they say more. And that's because of the subconscious engagement in that. So whatever somebody needs to find that connection, that's fine. That's why you'll encounter many, 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 many flavors of hypnotherapist. So, Right. And that's one thing that I want to make sure we clear up with this, um, because, you know, my first encounter with a hypnotherapist, with with a hypnotic person or a hyp- hypnos- hypnotist or whatever you want to call them, was in a stage presence. It was in college and it was a big auditorium and the in the in the, the the hypnotist was up on stage and he asked people to come up and and uh, he tried to get people. I was one of the people that got up on stage, but it was un- unable to go down under for whatever reason. So he tapped me on the shoulder and I have 
I have, we talked about this in our introductory call about being, having ADHD and we'll get to that later, but um, if that's a factor in it, but the main thing is I want to make sure our listeners do, if you can clear this up, the difference between the stage show and then someone like yourself who's doing it to help people level up, if you will, or, you know, elevate themselves, whether it be coping out of a problem or healing themselves in some sorts mentally, um, physically, you know, just real quick on that. Can you just dive in a little bit about the two differences for our listeners so they know that, you know, the difference Absolutely. and that they can decipher the next time they get asked to go to a hyp hypnotist? <laughs> so full disclosure, I hate stage hypnotism with a passion. Um, so the reason for that, I wasn't like touched by a stage hypnotist or anything like that. And I, to me, <laughs> as, as a clinical hypnotherapist, hypnosis is a very, very, very powerful tool. And to me, stage hypnosis is a bit like dragging an MRI up on stage and taking its cover off so the audience can ooh and ah at the way that the magnet spins. It's kind of the same thing. You are taking a, a very powerful healing tool and putting it up on stage and making a mockery of it for entertainment. Mm. And I wouldn't, so I, I would be annoyed at it were it just that. But the thing is, I cannot tell you how many people I have interacted with in my career who have seen stage hypnosis and have been frightened away from the concept of hypnosis by it. Because the things that you see on stage are generally pretty profoundly embarrassing. And there's... Correct. To make everybody I, laugh, to make it a show. Yeah, of right. course. And there is a certain type of person, myself included, <laughs> who, who does not... That's not, that's not cool. There's, there's some people yeah, you cannot cool. <laughs> like take up on even, stage. Even both and, of us coming from the EMS world yeah. and, and that, that, that environment, I'm, I'm not a big fan of being picked on. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. And, and then if you think about it, that, that experience, because everyone's seen the stage hypnotist. Yeah, it's fun and it's funny, but why would a person that sees that ever use that tool to try to help them? And so it provides a very skewed view of it. And a lot of times stage hypnotism is real hypnosis. Uh, most of the art of stage hypnosis comes from uh, being able to pick out highly suggestible people from a crowd. Uh, because mm -hmm. hypnotic suggestibility is a, is a sliding scale. Some people are not very hypnotically suggestible. Some people are immensely so and there are methods and techniques to pick those people out of an audience and gotcha. so on the other side of that you have clinical hypnotherapists we use that same concept of hypnosis and suggestibility to create a change rather than use it for entertainment because hypnosis ultimately is the power of influence taken to an extreme. It is physiological influence because hypnosis isn't just a mental state. Hypnosis is 
an observable physiological state. Your skin does different things. Your heart rate, your brainwave patterns change. It is an observable reaction. So, and that's why I say this, this is based in science partially, other than, you know, studies and things like that, because I could demonstrate hypnosis. I could hook you up to galvanic skin response systems, to EEGs, EKGs. So scientific, scientific, like, like data. So you can actual reproducible data data. and you can see the difference in the brain. And yeah. Okay. During my training, I had somebody, I was shown somebody hooked up to this and was seen on a brainwave and heart uh, beat monitor what it looks like to go into trance and what it looks like when a suggestion is accepted and what it looks like when a suggestion is rejected because there are different responses that can be observed. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm sure like, just like any, you know, sympathetic and parasympathetic reactions of Mm -hmm. things, you know, the tones go off when we get a run, you know, for EMS, you, your heart, your heart rate jumps, you get that feeling in your stomach, you get, you get sweaty instantly. And that makes sense that you can like judge all that. Yeah. That's association. That is, is a good example of something that we call an anchor that's sometimes called a trigger or a post hypnotic suggestion. Anyone that's worked EMS, that tone does something physical to you. It is more than just, oh, it's time to to get up. It's there are physical feelings. There are thoughts. There are, there's a change that happens when that tone rings. And that is a very, very clear, very powerful example of an association. And that is what I I deal with because not all of those are good many times. Ideally, yes, we we, we have nothing but good associations, but also in the same way that the tone brings back memories, many, many EMTs have other associations I've found because I work with EMS a lot and it's oftentimes it's the smell of something burning that will trigger something. Yeah. or cooking yeah. or the sound of something that takes you back to a moment you didn't want to go back to. And that is an example right. of when a, an association becomes something that needs to be addressed. Right. Right. Well, that's a, actually, it's a really good segue into a question I had right later mm-hmm. on, but, um, and we can talk about it now cause it's a perfect setup for it with, ah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, uh, my listeners know that I'm a paramedic and, and mm-hmm. now they know that you have been in the EMT world as well prior to mm-hmm. becoming a hypnotherapist. Um, so when it comes to like, so I did have a traumatic incident that added up over time, of course, and then got another, what I call a PTSI, an injury or an incident that all of a sudden I started feeling a little wonky, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I was, I was 
aware of it enough that I reached out for help. I reached out to our mental health uh, advisor of our department, which we have a wonderful mental health uh, program with, right. within my EMS system. So I reached out to her. She happens, she happened to be our chief, our assistant chief at the time. And uh, we talked about some stuff on the phone and she's like, listen, I'm going to come see you. So she came to my house on my day off. And as we were sitting there talking, this is in the middle of COVID and we're sitting there talking on the back porch because we have to keep our distance or whatever. So, you know, she basically came up with the thought about, she's like, Hey, listen, I, I really need you to take the next day off. I need you to do like, call this number today, get an appointment. And I'm just thinking it was some sort of therapy, you know, normal, you know, therapist, you know, counselor, what have you. Big, no, no big deal. I've used them before. Not a big deal. Uh, marriage counselors, personal counselors, you know, a, a mediator, a moderator to just discuss your issues. Right. I think it's smart to have that. Mm -hmm. But, um, but what, what they introduced was something called, I believe it was called EDMR. And is EMDR. that a form of hypnotherapy? EMDR. Uh, sorry. I apologize. EMDR, I, but, you know, I, uh, I, it was a couple. Um, oh God. It, is it a I form the, of hypnotherapy or kind of, i i had to see i had to remind myself what the acronym meant because i i brain farted it and i've got the book right there it's, <laughs> uh, eye movement desensitization and reprogramming and kind of okay a form of hypnosis uh it okay. is certainly hypnotic in its practice uh while okay. I do not use uh, EMDR in my practice because I cannot, uh, I do use some. Of oh, the it's a licensure thing, huh? It's a licensure thing. Now, okay, okay. Some of the things involved uh, can still be used, and some of the things involved have always been used in hypnotherapy. And EMDR, left brain, uh, right brain stuff. Yeah, it's just the the rapid switching allows for the reassessment and reprogramming of traumatic memories. And that is very similar to uh, techniques that hypnotherapists have always used to help overcome and resolve traumatic memory. Um, not to get too far into uh, specialized information but there is a gentleman named ernst rossi who um well before dr shapiro came out with emdr he had something called uh mirroring hands that did m a much similar thing okay. that did the whole rapid switching that allowed for um reassessment of whatever it may be because the big thing that uh, a hypnotherapist or really an EMDR practitioner even is going to stress to you is you have all the resources that you need to be able to heal in your own mind. And that's part of the reason my okay, book. So like called, a self-help thing. Yeah, kind of because all help is self-help. Like I don't okay. have some magic. Yeah. Wand. Because if people make decisions to quit something, they make it, they, they make I'm, that conscious decision. I'm not there they're... with you 24 hours a day, making sure that you right. act a certain way. All hypnosis is self hypnosis. All help is self help. Okay. Because for self, for hypnosis to be anything but self, self hypnosis would by nature, make it metaphysical because anything but gotcha. that, I would have to be waving a magic wand at you. I, I 
would have to have a superpower that was making something happen to you. And that's why I say hypnosis right. is simply just advanced communication because since there between is the, between your sub, your conscious and your subconscious. Okay. Uh -huh. And I am just the okay. one facilitating that. And I do that through so, words. Through so you're facilitating change within their own conscious, right? Mm -hmm. Basically. And I, yeah. and you're just, you're the, you're the tour guide, if you will. Yeah, essentially, I'm the tour guide. More accurately, I'm the translator <laughs> because the subconscious kind of the translator. It, oh, that's yeah. a great word. Okay, the subconscious kind of speaks a different language than the conscious mind. The conscious mind speaks the language of words and logic. The subconscious mind does not understand those things. It speaks the language of emotion, of symbol, of of metaphor, and everyone's had a dream you can see very clearly right. in your dreams how your subconscious communicates and it is very difficult yeah. to interpret if you don't know what you're looking for right and that was going to be another question of mine is are dreams just our our beginning state of hypnosis and how do do our dreams are our well, dreams something that we should listen to like we want to listen to ourselves yes, our, and, our no, deep yes selves, and no yes and no you know so <laughs> <clears throat> let me explain. So right. hypnosis is not sleep, but you must okay. go into trance to go to sleep. You're actually in hypnosis naturally at bare minimum twice a day, 30 minutes before you go to sleep, 30 minutes after you wake up, you can basically consider after trance. You wake up. Okay. Uh -huh. You can basically consider trance to be like your bedroom door. You have to pass through it to go to sleep. You have to pass back through it to wake up. And it's okay. It is because they're different brainwave patterns. Ultimately, right. Sleep is the uh, Delta brainwave pattern. I'm brain farted that one. And uh, hypnosis is the theta brainwave pattern. So they're different things. And you must go into trance to go to sleep. It is the reason for uh, morning affirmations and nightly journaling and things like that. Right. Because you're in trance naturally in those oh, times. Oh, that's you are huge. We talked a lot about it. That Right. That's what we talk a lot about in the Elevate group where we all met originally was there was a big section in that group about, about journaling and morning, morning uh, mm -hmm. mindsets and morning journaling too. So that makes a lot of sense. Now with that question, with that thought process in mind, you know, um, I think our, I, I just, the other day I was talking with somebody and uh, within the group and they mentioned something about their kids and screen time. And they, you know, I guess she was concerned about screen time. And I'm like, man, you know, that's a, that's a loaded question because that's a tough one nowadays with today's technology. But can you speak a little bit about, about screen time in that, 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 that pre-sleep phase? Like why it would be well, good or bad? Or I mean, cause a lot I, of research says that you, you shouldn't have any type of screen time right before you go to bed. I will so say this. Speak on that for a couple seconds. Anything that you are exposed to anything that you think within those, that window before and after is a hypnotic suggestion. And so whatever mm. doom scrolling you're doing, you're basically programming your subconscious mind for the day to come. And 
my, my interesting. So if someone were to be watching a YouTube video about about uh, destruction or something mm -hmm. or or something like that, that's I entering be if they that's woke that 30 up minutes before sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's uh, interesting. So that's why I as much as I like computers and phones and technology, wow. I still for that period try to back off of that. Because it is a big influence Absolutely. on the subconscious Absolutely. mind. And the, the flip side to that is being aware of that, that these periods exist. And a lot of what I do is just a matter of being aware that something is happening. Uh, you can use those time periods to give yourself positive suggestion and reinforcement. And everyone can kind of see this at play. Okay. Everyone's had a day that they've woken up and they've told themselves today right. is going to suck. I have so much to do. Right. I'm so overwhelmed. It's yep. going to be awful. How'd that day go? It went pretty bad. It sucked. It's <laughs> just like you told yourself. It's it that what I like to, to think of it is, is that, yeah, that, that movie, uh, I, I do a lot of movie references uh, at times. So the movie Office Space, when Peter walks up to the door at his work and it shocks him because he mm -hmm. was expecting it to shock him to, yeah. to be some sort of, you know, he's like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's the day he ended up quitting. And yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely. And it's you, you can do the opposite. And this is kind of like where my whole change in life come, came from was realizing that you could do the opposite that you could actually give yourself support, that you could give yourself encouragement. And that it's, it's not just talking to yourself, right. it's talking to a different part of yourself, yeah. the part of you that perceives. And so it changes the way that so day goes entirely. Yeah. yeah. And there's the affirmations right. I used to think were just dumb words you told yourself. And I come to realize <laughs> that affirmations are more than dumb words that you tell yourself. They're words that you tell your subconscious that it takes as instructions. So that's a bit different. Interesting. So yeah. you've just really like, you really helped me explain my day yesterday. Mm -hmm. So just real quick, and then we'll get into some other parts of, of what I want to ask you, but real quick, I woke up yesterday and one of the first things I did, of course, you know, I'm 51 years old and you mm -hmm. know what we do at 51, we have to go to the bathroom for a long time. So my phone's in front of me and I'm just <laughs> sitting there waiting for everything to be done. Yep. <laughs> so, sorry, TMI, right? Huh? But I'm on my phone and I get a message from, uh, I get a message from someone and it was not a great message. It was, um, and I was like, man, this sucks. And so I got up, went to let the dogs out and go to the bathroom. So I'm sitting there watching the dogs out in the yard. And I felt that that I was in easily within the first 30 minutes of my awake. I was in the first mm -hmm. five minutes, right? By the I mean, when the dogs get up, it's go time, right? Yeah. They don't they don't like you to pass go or nothing. But yep. so I'm sitting there probably the first 10 minutes of being awake. And I'm thinking, you know what? This kid, I've got a lot of stuff to do today. This could totally derail me. I'm like, but there's going to be, there's something, I know there was something going on prior to that message. Like there was red flags over the last few months mm -hmm. about this final message. And, and it was like, there's, there's going to be a solution to this. I told myself that I'm not going to, and then I, I literally, I, I was going to go back to sleep because it was early because they wake me up at like 530, but I ended up diving into the solution and a change instead of dwelling. Right. 
And uh, up until up until there was another message later on in the day that that kind of went sideways. Everything was great. You know, everything, mm-hmm. everything went smooth. I was comfortable. I went into creation mode. I went into uh, figuring out the problem, wh- how we can take this money that that just got a, that that just got canceled and move it over to this other area for flights. And, and it was it was pretty interesting, you know. And then, of course, there was a, a midday, mid to late day, you know, uh, exchange that ended derailing me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do the same thing um, until I talked to a few people and, 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 and I'm still not feeling great about the situation, but it is what it is. And, and, and I'm going to get past it. But, but that's really interesting that you said that, you know, that first 30 minutes, if I could have, I, I totally changed the beginning part of my day because mm-hmm. of it. And then of yep. course there was another interaction that made it go derail and I didn't approach it properly. So I, like in the same day I had, I had the good interaction, like you're talking about that you talk, you do yourself talk and get yourself away from it. And then I had a more of a negative interaction because there was some words exchanged and not fun stuff, well, but you ultimately, know, um, that was, was out of your control. And that's one of the things that I talk about a lot is what is within your control, what can actually be controlled. Right. And in that moment in the morning, you could control the way you reacted. And that's the big thing. There's a, there's a man that I really like his work uh, name. Uh, oh my God. Frankel, Victor Frankel, <laughs> who does a lot of uh, mm-hmm. writing on meaning and finding your meaning. And one of his big things is even if every other choice has been taken of taken from you, you could choose your attitude to any given situation. And, Right. That sounds like uh, happy, cheery self-help crap until you learned that Viktor Frankl <laughs> wrote those words on scraps of paper in a concentration camp. And to wow. me, that always kind of lent his words a little more weight because yeah, if that man can talk about choosing your attitude in any situation from the darkest place that a human being could ever find themselves in. I can choose the way I feel about something not going right in my life. Right. And it really is all about choice. We make choices all the time. And I've, I've had clients tell me, Oh, but I, I didn't have a choice. I mean, you, you did. You always mm, do. No, you they're always, not. You always repre them. Yeah. They're <laughs> not choice. good choices. <laughs> Like even, even, right, as an, yeah. <laughs> even as an EMT, oh, you have no choice but to save that person, but to try No, you walk away. You can, you can run your, you can run over that person with your ambulance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, it is a choice. It is a it, choice, right? It, right, is a, right? it is absolutely a choice that you have. They are not good choices. Right. There sometimes is only one good choice to make. But acknowledging that right. you always have a choice is actually very important because whenever we are not given any choice, we naturally on a subconscious level resist whenever right. we feel that we are being forced into something. And whenever we right. uh, are given a choice, even if it's ridiculous, even if it's terrible, even if it comes down to, well, I could help this person or I can run them over. Right. You've still given yourself a choice. And, <laughs> and even though right. there's one very clear choice, your subconscious will actually accept yeah. it better as, as odd as that is. There's, 
there's weird little tricks that you can do to your subconscious to allow it to more easily accept things. But you asked uh, before we move on about dreams and kind of to briefly touch on that. Not all of your dreams matter. Not all of your dreams are direct subconscious communication, but okay. there, there's an easy way to know the ones that are. And those are the ones I'm interested in. So there's different types of dreams. Gotcha. They come in different flavors and they occur at different times in the, in the sleep pattern. The dreams that are of, for my purposes, we'll say clinical value are what's called venting dreams. Those are the dreams that occur right before we wake up. The, the ones we wake up from. Yeah, that's how I yes. thought all dreams happen. It's like, oh, I, I've been told over the years that, oh, you don't dream until the last like 10 seconds. All, that whole oh, no, dream no, no, was no. 10 seconds before you woke you, up. You can, like, you can dream previously <laughs> in that cycle. You can actually monitor uh, these things. Like if you wear like a one of those right. like smart watches, you can monitor yeah, your EEGs, REM. The EEGs yeah, yeah, are the monitor. Right. So yeah. uh, the, there's... Different purposes to different dreams. Sometimes it's your subconscious trying to work out a solution with itself, basically just kind of talking to itself. Uh, sometimes it's trying to basically make like predictions. Uh, sometimes it's just entertaining itself. But when it's right before, yeah, yeah some dreams I wake up, up and I'm like, that was fun. I wanted to stay yeah. there. <laughs> but right before we wake up, those are the ones that are our subconscious trying to resolve problems, trying to resolve things that mm. it believes are an issue. And this does not always come clearly. And as, as anyone who's dreamed will know. Yeah. And my big, because it's hard that, to remember them too, unless you jump up and write them down, you know? Oh yeah. And that's kind of one of the things that I encourage is if you want to figure out what your dreams are telling you, you got to be able to remember your dreams, which is something that has to mm -hmm. be practiced. Use your use and, your phone for a split second mm -hmm. and have a hotkey that gives you recording and you can talk about it or and then put it down because you don't want use, you don't want use a voice time memo. <laughs> well, use a pen and paper. Yeah, voice memo, right. Pen and paper, man. Yeah, Come pen on. and paper. <laughs> that, yeah. well, what is that, right? I have to remember uh, to bring that to bed. That's the problem. I always remember to bring my phone because it's now my alarm clock. Well, you just you just keep it at your bedside table. That's what I do. Um I yeah. have pads and paper yeah. everywhere. I've always been the the note guy. I, I'm specifically, right, right. you know, I've got them everywhere else well, in my office. Fantastic. Well, real quick, you know, we're, we're right about 30 minutes now and I want to, want to still touch base on your book. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because, uh, you've written it pretty recently, right? I'd mm -hmm. like you to be able to talk a little bit about your book and then Absolutely. maybe do that for five or 10 minutes. And then, mm -hmm. uh, um, I got a, I got a couple of questions from your book. If we can get to it, if not, it may cover, you may cover the questions that I have. So, um, go for it. Talk about, you know, talk about all in your head and, and where people can get it and, uh, or if, uh, how, how it's uh, acquired and what okay. it's all about. Absolutely. So, uh, I think I've wrote, I finished it a couple months ago. And um, oh. as you said, it is called All in Your Head. And the reason I called it that is because that is the only place we will ever know. All of your perception of reality, of yourself, of other people, of the past, present, and future is all in your head. It will all only ever be in your head. And that is also where the solutions are. And I wrote the book kind of as 
an explanation of how your subconscious mind influences different things like goal setting, uh, what you see, what you're able to perceive. And each chapter touches on some aspect of the subconscious mind and then gives you an exercise to be able to uh, improve that part of, of your subconscious mind. So there's, it's kind of, it's an active book. It's not just something you read. It's something you, you participate in. It's something you interact with. Is there a workbook you, you, involved with it or is it? It's not a workbook, but there are activities. Okay. Uh, there are uh, various things that are done. I've thought about making a workbook before, but again, that's more work. <laughs> there's, there's work into making a workbook, <laughs> but it's, uh, I kind of just kind of made it as a, a primer, as an introduction to living aware of your subconscious mind. Cause that's really what I'm all about. That's really what my message is. And what I encourage is living with an awareness of your subconscious mind and its influence on yourself and the world around you and the way you see it and explaining that in a very clear, easy to understand scientifically based way, because if this is a part of being human, if this is something that everyone takes part in, you need to know about it. And right. personally speaking, when I became aware of my subconscious and acted with that in mind, my life changed. It changed the way that I felt okay. about things, reacted to things. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because I am different for what I learned and what I did and everything. And so if I can change, I am a stubborn ass. If I can change, <laughs> anyone can. So, oh, we need to get some of these. Uh, we need to get some of these uh, hypnotic uh, recordings to my daughter. So <laughs> she's stubborn as hell. I love I, it. Though. I love it that she's stubborn. So, and see, what's interesting is what changed me. Yes, the hypnosis and the suggestions did, but the knowledge changed me more than anything. Simply knowing what knowing. the rules were to the game. Because until you gotcha. know what the rules are, you can't play the game. Yeah. That's, that's anything. <laughs> that's great. So, well, real quick, can where the, can people get that book? And, um, um sorry, go ahead. Get, yep. You can get the book at the same place. You can get a hold of me, uh, which is from my website, okay. uh, twinravens.org. All of my books are available from there. Uh, and you can also buy them on Amazon books, but I always recommend buying from me because my prices are better. <laughs> uh, and don't give Bezos money. Right. Come on. Right, but, right, right. Uh, also on my website, you can watch previous interviews that I've done. You can okay. see more of our services because we don't just offer hypnotherapy anymore. We offer career coaching and more everyday type coaching. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of well like would would fall right in line with our message of elevating, you know, absolutely. a lot of people that that are in the elevate world. It's it's about they they may be starting a coaching career and how do they get over some limiting beliefs or how do they absolutely. get rid of procrastination? I mean, I could uh, you know, the one thing that I definitely know that we're going to be talking again more. Like you are going to be <laughs> on like I'm going to make you a staple guest <laughs> because like the, I, there we haven't even scratched the surface what you and I talked about for the first hour mm -hmm. and a half, 2 hours when we first met. Man. So um so we'll 
have, you know, we'll ch- have Jay Robert on again for, for sure. Um, but, you know, when it comes to when it comes to that, that's really good that you said that. I didn't know that you did that. So mm-hmm. that's and that's all absolutely. in that same website that they can get and that kind of coaching to. Absolutely. And I stumbled into that. Like I said, I'm formerly Twin Ravens Hypnotherapy, now Twin Ravens Solutions, because I noticed hypnotherapy clients Perfect. who I had helped grow were like, hey, can you I'm, I'm opening a business. Can you could can you help me with that? And I was like, yeah, that's one of the things I'm trained with. So I helped a couple of clients do that naturally. And I was like, why am I not also offering this? So, yeah, we we've, we do right. more now. The rebranding well, was Well, that actually expanded well that actually feeds into our last segment here which Mm -hmm. i I like to call the elevator pitch um Mm -hmm. so actually that's one of the questions that you just kind of described um but actually just want you to kind of expand on a little bit more Mm -hmm. um and what what we do in the elevator pitch for those of you that's just now tuning in and hearing elevate podcast for the first time elevator pitch is those quick hitters uh quick questions quick answers and uh usually three to five questions that we'll ask Mm -hmm. each each person that we have on just to kind of get some some, I'm trying to pull data from how people that are elevating their lives and are elevating other people and what they're doing. So we have like a, a, a data record, if you will. I'm very, I'm very protocol driven with my background and everything. And, and that science <laughs> stuff is very interesting to me. So it's kind of that concept, you know, some little research mm-hmm. kind of going on behind the scenes. Um, so basically the question was, was how do you elevate others, which it clearly you, you saw something happening in your, in your hypnosis stuff mm-hmm. that you were able to elevate other business people. But, um, are you able to share, a, like you said, you had a client, and of course, not having, uh, I'm, I'm big on HIPAA, but um, I don't know if HIPAA still applies to hypnotherapy, but um, any type of just a small, quick, uh, impactful story that after you coach them or you, hip, you, you did hypnotherapy with them, that what, what they did and what they, what they accomplished, I think that our listeners would love to hear like a real world story about that. Uh, shifting, sifting through the files. So, <laughs> go to oh, your God. subconscious mind, but go I'm, go. To, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. I have. I'm not. I have to keep client confidentiality. But I'm. I'm just thinking like, oh, he's going to know that that this is him if he listens to this. But he won't mind. And, he and, and if that's if that's the case, yeah. so if you no, no, have no, no, some, and just the fact that you have some, that's one thing. But yeah. so this is one of my first clients. When I first started to see them, they were very very introverted unsure of themselves uh knew clearly what they wanted to be and who they wanted to be but didn't really know how to get there they were they were younger and i've seen them now for about two years and uh it was fun because actually the other month i got to pull them aside kind of and be like do you realize how far you've come what you've done and in that period of time, I have seen them completely change the way they think of the w- world around them and what they're capable of. And about six months ago, this person went from not being sure like where they were going in the computer field to... uh recently getting hired at a six-figure job with, I will say, a very major software company. I cannot say who. Of course. And <laughs> it, it, 
it fascinated me to see this person go from somebody so scared and somebody so unsure right. of where they were going to somebody so confident and so positive that they didn't apply for that job. This company sought them out. They just got it. And asked them to wow. come work for them. And it was all about who right. he put out there, who, who he felt that he was. And I've, I, if client confidentiality wasn't a thing, I could talk for hours about the amazing things I wow. have seen my clients go through that I would, I've seen them grow past. And that's most of why I love this job because even, even that's in awesome. EMS, I didn't feel like I was helping. So you're still people helping people. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we never knew the outcomes. Yeah. We, yeah. we keep people together. Yeah, and we well, and that's a big part of it. That's one thing that's changed. Yeah. That's one thing that's changed in our department is that we have a little button in our chart follow-up and we oh, have really? three people that, yeah, three people that oh, are awesome. liaisons that work for us that, that actually talk get to follow the up information. That know how to get the information. Yeah. That is really So if there's cool. something like, mm, this is puzzling, follow up. Wonder or there's what, times like, wonder yeah, what happened know. to that little old lady. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Right. That, that's really cool. Yeah, it's and pretty I think cool. That's, that's very, something that's inside of our software. Yeah. That's important, I think, for All right, well, the, that's a, the mental health of responders. I think. Oh, yeah, it is. It, and it helps. It, it There's mm -hmm. some closure there. You know, like yeah. that's the difference between I worked at a hospital, too, for many, many years. And a lot of times I got closure because I saw people walk out. You yeah. know, I got to treat them in the uh, in the ER and then up in the ICU on a different day and then see them on the ventilators for weeks. And next thing you know, I see them going to rehab and then I've got their got them as a patient over in the rehab center, you know, and. And next thing you know, they're walking out with their family. And yeah. I've, I've even I've even visited a couple of ex, you know, uh, people that I used to work on. And, and, and of course, they're they allowed me, you know, like, hey, I want to come see you sometime in a, a mm -hmm. couple of weeks. You know, just let's go have a coffee or something. And and you get close to these people sometimes when they're weeks and weeks and months and months in your in your unit. And I've done that before. And there was so much closure with that, you know, and it really helped reiterate the whole, you know, what I'm doing when I'm in the hospital. But EMS isn't like that. We Absolutely. we are getting better at it. Like. Like I said, there's a button. And then we had like we had a survivor uh, a couple weeks ago from a cardiac arrest that that we celebrated and they came in and we had cake and ice cream. And and that was helpful. You know, that 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 gives, you know, that that helps overtake the bad stuff we see in the stuff. The One times of the that things, we can't help the patient. And this is we'll call this free career advice for your audience. One of the things I emphasize to everyone that I work with is that and it's this is easy to forget in today's society and why it's so important for me to remind people everything everything is a human relationship you are not mm. a disconnected corporate drone dealing with a faceless individual in ems you're a human being working with another human being and you are going to have mm. all of those what emotions involved like mm. you are going to feel right, love down. pain hate all of these things mm -hmm. and we tell ourselves oh i can't do that i'm a professional no you're a damn human being and like and at the same time that's also the reason that you need to look for help because you are not a robot you saw some things and if those things hurt you and if those things haunt you find help because right. everything right. is relationship yeah. from your, your yep. interactions with your wife or children to the cashier, right? That is all a human relationship. And when we forget that it's kind of at our own peril. And if you remember that, it makes wow. things easier.
Right. Yeah, yeah it sure does. Well, let's go ahead and wrap that. I had more questions, but like I said, we could talk for hours about a lot of different things. So I'll let's come just back. do it's this fine. as a nice little <laughs> introduction to, to Jay Parker or Jay Robert Parker and uh, his book, uh, All in Your Head. Uh, I've read through some of it. I had a couple of questions about chapter three, but we'll, we'll get to that next time. But uh, it was just one of those things where, um, you know, you and I had our introductory call and I was like, man, these, our listeners really need to hear this guy because, and then I didn't even know about the coaching. So that's huge. So it, it, it all worked out for a purpose, right? Excellent. So, uh, you know, elevate podcast. We're here to elevate your your uh, your your world, elevate your mind with with Jay Parker here, <laughs> with Jay Robert Parker. Uh, elevate your mind so you can get clear of those things that may be holding you back, so you can elevate or level up. And uh, I just want to thank you uh, once again, just real quick. Uh, where can they get your book and your website again? I'll also have it in the show notes. But go ahead and let again, us know that, my- and then we'll wrap things up. All through my website. Uh, my website is www.twinravens.org. You can also find me on all the normal social media outlets. Look for Twin Ravens Solutions. And if for some reason you can't find me, look for Twin Ravens Hypnotherapy. It might be a profile that I forgot about. <laughs> it may still be still stuck on, into that. Well, it yeah. still might be there. I still find <laughs> them every now and again. Right. But yeah, absolutely. Whatever questions you may have, you want to buy the book, you have questions about the book, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And once again, don't hesitate to, if you, if someone's listening to this podcast and you think you uh, uh, have someone in your life uh, that needs to hear this, go ahead and please share it with them. Of course, and we'd want you to come back every week and, and listen to what we bring you. I've got a lot of exciting guests coming up. Uh, I've been on, on phone calls and introductory calls all week. We've got a lot of things lined up, all leading up to a, a really special one that we're going to have in November. So uh, just once again, subscribe, like, share. Uh, tell your friends and uh, once again just remember to always be to level to elevate and to be positive about your life and uh, reach for those people that can help you and do it faster so uh, thank you very much everybody and Jay once again take care and thanks for coming on thank you bye guys